Sacramento right now. We're going to shoot the Indoor Nationals. Oh, what is it? This isn't like Cincinnati Indoor Nationals. This is uh, State Indoor Nationals, right? USA Archery Indoor Nationals. USA Archery Indoor Nationals. They hold these all over the country. You shoot a 600 round two days in a row. 23 max diameter arrows. It's just like the AB Invitational. Yeah, similar to that. Um, here, the, the top eight will get to go to actually uh, Louisville for NFAA Indoor Nationals, where they're going to have the. Uh, they're also going to host the uh, like the finals, final brackets for the top eight. Sweet, it's like a shoot off match play type thing. Yeah, so basically, it used to be with Indoor Nationals, it would just be the highest cumulative score, uh-huh. right? And then, uh, but you weren't really facing off against your competition, so. What they did is they're they're going to take the top eight and then um, there'll be a bracket. Cool, cool. Yeah. That sounds exciting. And I don't know, you know, one thing I'm not sure about. And I got to find out. I don't know if it's the top eight from all of them or if it's the top eight from each uh, location. Oh, I see. That's I see. A, that's a, that would be a good question to ask when we get there. All right. I I always ask. Lisa Poole is the one who organizes all this in our area, and I always ask her so many questions that irritates the shit out of. Yeah, I know I feel bad. I'm always asking her questions. And I'm always in trouble. There's always something wrong with I couldn't figure with out one of my kids. I couldn't figure out if I was AM or PM. And I swear to God, I was looking on my, uh, what, the Sport 80 website or whatever. Yeah. I could not find it for the life of me. So I sent Lisa, like, an email. It took her, like, a week to get back to me. And she's like, dude, just, just go on to Sport 80 and look. That Sport 80 website was, like, created by engineers for like engineers you know it was not it was not made for dummy archers like some dumb guy with an iphone <laughs> so it's oh, funny so what I, it, what's the day today it's uh saturday it's the lots of good info on that website though yeah it's okay saturday um, february 15th it's the 15th it's a week after vegas um We've, how many times have you practiced since Vegas? Um, well, given all of the stuff that was going on uh, with family stuff, I shot uh, on on uh, Wednesday morning. Uh-huh. And then I shot uh, on Thursday. Two, two, so basically I've shot two days. Two practice days. Yeah. That's I cool. Able, I wasn't able to get out yesterday. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I got one practice in. Um, felt good. You know, I'm shooting arrows that you built, so I'm feeling confident for the weekend. Um, how did you do in Vegas? How do you think you did in Vegas? Uh, Vegas was um, a bit of a challenge. Uh huh. But it was actually, uh, I had a good time. It was really, I you know, shooting championship versus shooting in the flights. Is, yeah. Uh, pressure it's level. It's a very different game. The pressure is totally different, huh? Yeah. And um, it was funny because, like, I was feeling that. And then um, right before 
we started recording this, I was listening to the uh, Easton, most recent Easton podcast. Yeah. And uh, George had asked Steve, oh, he's like, do you think... Should they allow the top guy in flights to shoot in the shoot-off? Or anyone who shoots 900 in flights, uh-huh. uh, should they be allowed to go to, you know, move right. and play with big dogs? And he was like, it was like automatic no. Yeah, he said he, it's not even the same game. Right. They're, which, not, even, they're not even shooting the same game. Which yet. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I feel like the, the pressure in the championship is really ratcheted up. It is ratcheted up. However, there's a lot of pros um, and cons. I should say, there's a lot of pros, uh-huh. not physical pros, uh-huh. of not shooting a championship in the sense that, like, in flights, you could be put on a bail with a guy who really, like, is just there to freaking drink all weekend could really care less about, you know, what they're doing. They're just there to, you know, drink with their friends and do archery. And just fuck around. Which yeah. is great. Which yeah. is great. Like, I mean, you know, people should come and uh, and have fun, you know. Uh-huh. But, um... Not on But, you know, you and I go there. We are trying to test ourselves. Uh-huh. You know, we're trying to shoot the best we right. can under the... And you want to shoot with like-minded people. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally, yeah, you're trying. Yeah, you're there to shoot the the best that you possibly can under the at the most difficult tournament of the year, easily, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and so, the other type of person you might get on your bail, or the other type of environment on a, on on the flights is, you also get someone who necessarily doesn't, uh, or I should say, let me start over. You also get the kind of person who wants to win the bail, right? Right, they don't realize that it's a competition with a thousand other people, uh-huh. and they think that it's only that bail. And there's a lot of like cattiness and BS that happens in in uh, in flights. What I realized in the championship division is nobody really gives a crap about what your score is, what you're doing. There, everyone on the bail that I shot with was there to run their game. Uh-huh. You know, I had. Um, uh, an honorable mention was Dan McCarthy was on on the I shot on the same bail as Dan McCarthy, right? Right. So the entire time we shot, there wasn't a whole lot of words exchanged. You know, we just ran our game. You know, er- everyone was pretty professional. Uh-huh. And then afterwards, it was like a totally different person. He was super friendly, chatting. You know. Uh-huh. Work was Where done. Where are you from? You yeah. know, hey, man. You know, like, it was it was completely different versus uh-huh. in, uh, in the, and I think what it was was that, you know, he's working. Right. And, you know, and I'm working. And, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't any, like, awkward silence. It was just four guys on a bail working. Yeah, right. It was, a like, that comfortable silence. Dan McCarthy did pretty damn good. Yeah, he did. He shot... Like amazing, you know. And yeah, he made it to shoot off. Yeah, and and it's cool to be on a bail when when with someone who does that because then you get to witness exactly how it went down. You know what I mean? And so you don't get that in in life flights. You get right. I mean, I mean honestly, like the the day that I mean when you shot that eight ninety nine in Vegas like two years ago, uh-huh. right? Like if you were another guy on that bail, that guy wasn't watching what you were doing. He didn't care what you were doing. He was just trying to like. He was trying to break you down. Uh-huh. Because he, he would feel better about himself if you missed. Versus in the championship, 
I'm sure there's some cattiness that exists there. Yeah, guys have known each other for a long time. It just I didn't feel it when I shot. When I shot championship, Bridger Deaton tried to rob me of a ten that was rightfully mine, and I called the judge, and the judge gave it to me, and Bridger Deaton gave me an earful of shit about it. So. I, I think it happens way less in flights, but if you're one of these, like, other types of, you know... I think it happens way more I mean, way more in flights. I'm sorry. Yeah. It happens way less in championship, for sure. I should just say, the the level... It doesn't mean that there isn't any BS, because, I mean, anytime you get people together, people are people, but uh-huh. I feel like the environment in the pro class, in the championship division, was way more professional. It is. It was... It is. And, so, by far an amazing experience the difference I see between flights and championship is in flights you hear a lot of guys going well you know like everything was going good and then the bow did this and then I shot a 4 or a 6 or a pitch, you know a fucking miss you know what I mean you hear that constantly in flights oh, they, they start breaking down what they did wrong on their shot like midway and I'm just like dude you haven't figured it out by now I don't, yeah. I don't or they're just like I'm like I, I don't want to hear about how bad your shit yes. is right now. So that's like, what you hear. Flights, there is a low murmur of how bad everyone of how bad everyone is shooting, and it's brutal to listen to. Like this year, I I shot flights. You shot championship. I shot flights, and I just didn't talk to anybody. Didn't listen to anybody. Um, you know, I, I had some nice guys on my bail, and on Sunday I was shooting with really competitive guys, and I, I you know, we didn't do much of that, you know sob story bullshit. You hear a lot of that in Reading, too. So, I just want to, you know, if anyone's listening and you're Yeah, but the people, nice thing about Reading, though, is that you can, we can shoot all day in Reading, and it's real easy to slip out without somebody like, without getting cornered, you know, by that guy. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, I it, it's like... I got cornered by that guy last year. Well, it, it's hard, it's hard to get cornered by that guy, or easier to, to slip away. Uh-huh. Right in in Reading, you know, when you know when you're walking around the trade show, like you see, you don't see a whole ton of pros hanging out. Right, you know, they're they're gone, man. They they get off. They their get the bail, fuck out of there. Yeah, and they, and, they, and and some of them split. You know, they're gone. Yeah. And I mean, that might be a bad thing for sponsors. They may not care to appreciate that. You know, but. I'm sure you know some uh, of those pros stick around. Some of them do. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying the, all of them do. Like, the but I'm saying stuff. like if 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 you're on fire and you just need to like be positive and you just need to like get to your car and call your wife and continue that positive energy energy like it's super easy to just like slip out in Reading where it has in Vegas it's kind of like you're you see everybody you see everybody and it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to and then you're in the hotels and you're in the restaurants and it's like and you know what's funny is like we're, we're making it sound like it's horrible but that's actually part of what makes Vegas great is you do get to see everybody mm-hmm. but you know there we're like we're all human and so there's times where sometimes we want to see other people and sometimes we don't yeah you know dude I get to see my friends from on the other side of the country you know yeah that's what I do love about Vegas is I get to see all of my friends from all over the world, you know? Yeah. We got to see Shane. We got to see, uh, who else? My, my buddy Dan. Like, just got to see all kinds of cool people that, like, yeah. solid shooters from all over. But you also, but you take the good with the bad, though, because then if there's people there that you're trying to avoid because you know that they just want to, like, find Suck you. Suck up your, and your just, soul. Yeah. You're just like, it is really hard yeah. in Vegas to get away from it. Yeah. You know? That's true. Um, dude, so... I got accused of being a sandbagger shooting in flights. 
So I wanted to address that. Um, now, we talked about... I could sum it up for you in about two seconds here. Go ahead. Yeah, here's Sam Berger. No, fuck you, Rudy. So I was accused of shooting shitty day one and day two, and then fucking pounding out 300 on day three. You know? Okay, okay. yeah. No, as, no, no, I get As it. if I have that ability to shoot shitty on purpose and then just casually... Sh- if I could casually shoot a 300... You know, knowing I could shoot a 300 under pressure, I would just go shoot in fucking championship mode. You know? But three, three 300s. Yeah, I just yeah. shoot three 300s, you know? But I, I, I just want to readdress my comment calling you a sandbagger. I was just joking. Like, yeah, I'll grab the steering wheel and I'll, I'll pull it right off the road. You're not a sandbagger. I, I personally felt you should have shot championship. Yeah, a lot of people did. But you, you know, know what? I had a and, and you know what you had to, you had your reasons why and I understand. I had that. a very keen uh, what do they call that uh, grasp on how good I could shoot this year, and I knew that I wasn't cutting it. It wasn't the same as previous years. Last year I threw down like at least twice as many three hundreds in league and in practice. This year it was like halved, and so I just knew I was like it wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to shoot good in Vegas, you know. And maybe I have the wrong mentality or the wrong mindset, but. That's just uh, that's all right. We got we got eleven months to fix that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working on building my range downstairs, and so uh, you know, I'm definitely gonna work on it. I just think it's fucking cold for someone to, especially someone who doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say anything like disparaging about this person, but you know, Emerson got called a sandbagger also, and. Quite the, the, frankly, the thing that people don't realize is that it's like the first two days, and, and actually, actually it, I'm surprised that that people, I'm not going to say people don't realize that, because they should, because they're there shooting themselves, uh-huh. but the first two days are incredibly hard. Yeah. Because the first day you have all this expectation to want it's to shoot expectations a also. Right. So you don't you know? shoot so great on the first day, right? And so the second day is like, well, I might still pull it off. I still might, you know, at least shoot better. And this is I'm I'm talking from a flight perspective here, not right, a, right. not I'm, not championship. As I mean, am I. Right. This, yeah. this is like championships a whole nother game. Yeah, you gotta good. shoot clean. Yeah. If, if you wanna play Vegas, you gotta shoot a three nine hundred, okay? Yeah. Um so the second day, you're just trying to, like, okay, maybe I can hold on to that first flight, uh-huh. you know, and then if you don't, still don't shoot as well, by the third day, it's like, you're in a different place mentally, I think you're more relaxed, and you're more like, okay, all I can do now is just shoot my best, and the, and the expectation yeah. has, the has been lessened, and so, and also, you've been shooting under that pressure, for, the way I saw it was Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Uh, by Sunday, I'm already, I'm not going to say used to it, but I can navigate it better. I can navigate that pressure better. So, so just out of curiosity, what, somebody called you a sandbagger? Yeah. Was it on uh, social media or was it in person? It was on social media. Oh, okay. If they did it in person, I would have, I, I don't know, I would have gotten right in that person's face and been like, well, let me explain something to you, okay? I shot like crap the first day because I wasn't expecting the pressure. And expectations, like... If you're a 299 shooter and you rarely shoot 300s, then yeah, you can go to Vegas and anything you shoot is is probably going to be, you know, you're not going to put these expectations on yourself to shoot a 300. I think some people do. I think some people, I think what we talked about on the last podcast where I, I, I think people are putting in, you know, uh, yeah. below minimum wage, there's, there's, below minimum wage pack, uh, practice. Right. And then 
and then they they go they go they go uh, to uh, Vegas thinking that it's all just going to come together. Right. Some guys though actually do put in the practice. Like this guy in particular puts in a lot of practice. But here's the thing: he shoots two ninety nines all the time, right? Dude, dude, don't 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 attack the individual. All right, all right, that's all right. fair. Like, but, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. But what but, I'm saying is, let me, let's just, it's do, different. Do, do this. You it's, were, it's different when you put down three hundreds, like more often. You know what I mean? If if you always shoot two ninety nines and you get the occasional three hundred, that's one thing. Then, then it's like, okay, I know I'm, I can easily put down a two ninety nine. But if if you put down uh, two ninety nines with three hundreds sprinkled in there all the time, then it's like, oh man, what you're trying to grasp what it is that that. What do I gotta uh, pull together to shoot that 300 yeah. under pressure? Well, you're, and, and that's what I was struggling with. So it's a different game for me. Not to mention, I've done this before and I've done really well at it. So I put expectations on myself to shoot really fucking good because I've done it before. And and quite frankly, it's a different year. It's a different time. So it's. I think I think uh, we all gave you crap for not shooting championship. That wasn't right? you guys. I, I expect to get crap no, no, from no. you guys. I know, but we gave you crap for it. But I understand why. I give and, you and, and from my perspective, what I hear from you is that between getting married and the holidays, and like you also moved, you know, from one, you you moved, you got into another, moved into another house. You have way more responsibility at work now. And given the level of practice that you put into your shot, you are the kind of person who knows exactly what to expect in a, in a tournament based on the amount of work you put into it. Uh-huh. And so what I'm hearing from you is you you knew that Vegas this year wasn't wasn't your year because you weren't ready. Right. At the or at least I want to say you weren't ready, but you just you were you were ready. You were as ready as you were going to be, but it wasn't going to be championship level winning. Right. I, I, that's the thing. I, I know what it takes to shoot at least an eight ninety nine. Yeah. You know, and I didn't do that this year. I, I didn't put that kind of work in, so yeah. I knew what I was going into. You know, or I knew I was getting into. And for me, like I didn't have an expectation necessarily. I mean, every time I go to an event, I always have an expectation to do the best that I possibly can. Uh huh. You know, and and realistically, I knew I wasn't going to win Vegas this year, um, but I needed to experience it that first year. And, and do the best that I can I could so that for next year I know now what I need to work on because it right. does feel differently um, you have a clear path of yeah, what you gotta work on exactly I didn't I don't want to say I let the nerves get to me I just it just felt different it was different than uh-huh. what I had experienced before Previous. you yeah. know it's different than shooting money shoots in California against each it other it is a little different which is pressure I mean I felt I yeah. probably felt even greater pressure doing that against you guys because then I know I know you guys than, well than there but it's like it was just different yeah so, there is different but, but now that I experienced it it's sort of like it was sort of like um, I, I went there I got my notes right and so now for next year you know I expect to do better or and then based on how practice goes we'll see right you know. I, I can tell you um, I, I felt pressure at all the indoor events this year but the, I've never felt pressure. The two times I've felt like the most pressure was shooting championship last year, right? After shooting a 300, I shot a 300 on my first day. And then the second day, having to do it again, that pressure was terrifying. And then this time at Vegas, when I shot my 300 on Sunday, my last arrow, I had I could feel my heartbeat in my forehead. It was 
terrible. And you could feel your vein popping. Dude, I could feel it. And then I had this thought, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this to myself? And then I, you know, I shot my arrow and I was like, okay, okay, come on, dude, just fucking nut up or shut up, you know? And, <laughs> and I fucking, I did it, but... I had all these thoughts and, uh, you know, it was horrible things creeping into my brain. Is uh, But you always shoot that way. Like, every time that, like, but you take that pressure and you just use it to, to fuel you. You know, I appreciate that, Rudy, and I'd like to think that, but uh, it's it's different. There's, there's the level of anxiety that I coast at all the time, which is like 40% anxiety. But this was like 200%. This was like, I was about to start bleeding out of my ears. Yeah. It was terrible. Well, one one cool thing was like, um, you know, when I, you know, I like I said I mentioned I shot with Dan, uh-huh. and uh, you know, I, I, after the sec after the second day, um, you know, we were chatting and he goes, you know, basically he's like, dude, he's like, he's like I know you probably shot lots of three hundreds back at home and blah blah blah, you know, uh-huh. you know, and he's like, this is a different game here. He's like, I'm going to share with you what works for me. He's like, take what you can for what I'm about to tell you. And, uh, you know, he gave me some good stuff, right? Uh And then he said, basically, you know, take some from me. And then the next time, take some from the next guy. Because... Was Dan passing out cookies? No, he he gave me some some insight on his mental process and what he does. He's saying learn from the guys around you. Right, learn from those that have been there and done it. And he goes, he goes, he goes, he was, I mean, long story short, to sum it up, he, he basically said, you know, learn from everyone there. It, it take nobody there did it their first time uh, showing up. And, you know, it, it took, it takes a community to, to, to win this event. They basically said, you're, now that you're here, you learn from this and, there's always somebody here who's for for you to learn from uh-huh. and, and and to move you to the next level, right? You know, and I and I thought about that, and I'm like, that's pretty awesome because you know how many times have any of those pros that have won Vegas? How many times did they lose Vegas before they won Vegas? I know. Did you see Levi's face when he uh, shot 27? No, I did a shoot off. Oh, dude. He looks so broken down. It's hard sometimes on the, the cameras when you're watching it to kind of get oh, dude, the dude. whole thing down. So, dude, it he looks so disappointed. And I'm not a Levi yeah. fan, but I felt I felt you know I, I felt the, I, I like Levi. Oh, that's good. You know, you can. You, I'm a, I like everybody. You can buy that nose button when it comes out. I actually did buy one. You I, son I, of I a just, bitch! I haven't set it up yet. I was gonna play with it. God damn it. Um, it looks pretty. It looks pretty solid. There's, I think. I think there's something to it. Yeah. If it was, everyone would be using it. And you know what? Within a year, everyone will be. Yeah, they'll have that. The sweet spot. The uh, V bars. I don't know. Anyway, um, hater. I wanted. To, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Ray, How do you deal with? I don't know if you felt this. You know, uh, after this Vegas or not. You seem to be pretty optimistic, and you know. You tend to walk around with a smile on your face, but how do you deal with disappointment in uh, going to like? It doesn't even have to be Vegas. Let's just say events, for example. You know, because uh, good good buddy of mine, he shoots great, and uh, you know he kind of he had like a mishap in Vegas, and he's like, oh man, you know, I think I'm gonna hang it up for a little bit and uh, get my head straight. Like, um, 
you know, that, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But that feeling, I know that feeling that he's talking about, where yeah. it's like, I gotta, you know, I put all this energy into this and it doesn't pan out how I like it. You know what I mean? How do you deal with that? How, I mean, do you ever deal with that or? Well, I mean, you know, prior to working in, in archery, um, you, you, uh, I, I've experienced that in, in my professional life. You, uh-huh. know, you know, I work really hard. In, in operations, and um, there were times where you worked really hard to maybe get a certain promotion, uh-huh. and you were maybe overlooked. You know, sold you a couple uh, extra nose buttons. You maybe you were overlooked, uh, you know, for promotion over somebody else, uh-huh. and whatnot. And so, I feel no. like I feel like okay, you, you, you know, you know, you feel disappointment because then you you go well, you know, I worked so hard for that. You, yeah, you feel like you worked you worked hard for it. But what I realized is that it was more of a sense of entitlement, uh-huh. right? And it's like, you know, it was, it, it, what it turned out, what, or what I realized then was, you know, I was doing something not for me or not because I was passionate about it, uh-huh. right? And so I, I used to feel great disappointment when, whenever, you know, I would, I would uh, not get a promotion or... You know, and there was times that I did get promotions, but there were times where I didn't, or if I was going, applying for a specific type of uh, job, you know, you, you experienced great disappointment. And, and then I realized that it was because I was doing something that wasn't, I wasn't extremely passionate about, and I thought that just only working hard would be enough, right? Uh-huh. And just actually, grinding. Just just grinding, and that wasn't that wasn't enough, mm-hmm. you know, because there were other people there that were more passionate about, you know, in the industry that I was working were passionate about what they were doing than I was because that, that was, it was just a job. Right. So when I, when I decided to, you know, you know, live the uh, luxurious life of running an archery shop, um, <laughs> lavish, the lavish life of, of running a bow shop, um, just flush with, you know, it, everything, everything, everything changed. Like, uh-huh. you know, there was, I feel I, I feel disappointed when I don't shoot to my level of expectation, but it's short lived because uh-huh. at the end of the day, I, dude, I just got I just got paid, or my job was to shoot my bow that weekend, right? And it felt awesome that I got to do it. And that's Whether, that's what you that was the bonus right there. Yeah, and there was a bonus that I got to shoot my bow, and that I have uh, a management, uh, you know, the owners of of where I work like support me, and they actually want me to go hunting they want me to go to target events and if i don't go like there was one year i didn't go hunting and they were like rudy you didn't you didn't buy a hunting license here what's up like what happened and i was like oh well i I took so much time off for you know for target this year like you know i just didn't feel right right you know going going out there they're like no 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 no." (laughs) they're like you go hunting you go shoot those events and it's like it, it and that's the difference so for me dude where do you work heaven that sounds incredible well it's it's great but <laughs> my boss I'm rewards not, me I'm with not, a trip to china <laughs> to a sweatshop yeah well all i'm saying is that the disappointment you know if you think about it it's like you got to shoot your bow you know did you and did you learn something from it so if, if you walked away from an event and you didn't learn something from that event and all you're experiencing is disappointment, then then your head is not in the right place. And, and your buddy there 
obviously probably realized that, and that's why he's taking a break because uh-huh. he, he probably right, yeah. realized, like, because if if it's the person that I'm thinking it is, that person probably most of the time would walk away from the event and go would identify three or four things that needed to be done uh-huh. and he's at the range the next day working on it yeah he's a stud yeah sure. and if he didn't feel it this time then that means that his head wasn't in the right place to begin with and he's doing something smart which is like actually not shooting the bows until his like his uh, passion for shooting bow batteries charge up a little bit gotcha you know yeah. it's like a backup battery there right you uh-huh. know that, that and that's that passion there so right and and so yeah I think that's really smart I like that I like that you know you know um, I, I have a slightly different take on it. I don't I don't disagree with that I think everything you said was solid um, but I kind of went through a phase last year where I was thinking about hanging it up for a little bit because it seemed like no matter what you do there's always people that are and there's always people in archery that are trying to climb over you, you know? That just want to, like, knock you down a peg so that they can step up or step over it, you know? And that was kind of getting me down. It's a little different. Is it, is it like the, uh, they, they want to feel better about themselves? Exactly. Doing very well. So the way they're going to do it is knock you down or, or wait for you to fuck up. And or they, or they, want, they want to bring you down to their level so they feel better about themselves. Yeah, but exactly. that's human nature. You get that everywhere. Yeah, I guess so. But Work. anyway, it was it was ruining archery for me, and it was like, it, it made it so anytime I made a mistake, it felt so much worse. And uh, I was thinking of taking a little hiatus and taking a step away, and this uh, barebow shooter told me, he's this really cool guy that just happens to shoot at the same club. And, you know, who would have thought I would learn anything from a barebow shooter? But this guy was like, you know, the way I look at it, and the way... I, from what you're t- he's like you know I told my story and he was like you know maybe what would help is not thinking of you know the immediate future why don't you think long term like how do you see yourself still shooting in three years or five years and if so do you see yourself having fun doing it in three to five years uh, and uh, does it matter you know what happens in between as long as you're still enjoying this I like I like this guy whoever that is yeah He's cool. He's That's exactly not to get into like finances. Uh-huh. But my, my other hobby. Yeah. Go in on. The financial investing world, right? Like the most successful people when making decisions about money make decisions that are long term, not short term. Oh yeah, I guess so. They, every when whenever they make a purchase or whenever they decide to make an investment, it's with it's with the long term mentality and not a short term one. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So, and so I totally, totally dig what that guy just said. Yeah, and it, it it freed up my brain a lot, whereas, like, I didn't have to think about winning all the time. I didn't have to think about, you know, all these other people that were kind of, like, bugging me. It did the, it totally quieted all that chatter down, and I was able to just shoot and have fun again. And uh, And now that's the kind of mindset that I roll in with, you know? You know, granted, every so often someone calls me a sandbagger and I just fucking lose my shit. But aside from that, aside from that, it's it's all fun, you know. Well, 
you also take things really personally too all the time and and for all for all we know for all we know maybe maybe the person was just joking around maybe 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 they just respect you enough to like i don't know man like you enough they gave me the eye roll emoji when i they saw my 300 that's pretty bad that's what pretty cold man that's what i hate about you know how hard it is to shoot a 300 you know shit I got a day job. I work nine to five. I don't just fucking. I'm not Chance Bobeth. I'm not sitting in the swamp shooting three hunters all goddamn day. Speaking you know? of nine to five, isn't Dolly Parton awesome? Uh, she's okay. I think she's awesome. Yeah. This is a archery podcast. We'll start our country music podcast later. Okay. <sighs> so it was a good talk, Rudy. That yeah, was it was fun. good, man. I I uh, I guess like as archers, we need to stop eating our own. Uh, we need to stop eating our own because if we want to, if we want to grow in this sport, we're competitors, though. No, I mean, but there's a difference between a competitive spirit and then there's just like eating your own. Eating right? your own? Do you mean like like knocking down your yeah, like your this, friends? Like we've for... got to stop this like social media shitting on other people. Oh, uh, dude, okay. You know, we got to stop this like fake shitting on other people. Oh, hold on, is why I wake up in the morning. But well, no, I mean it's one thing within our friends. We you uh-huh. know we like to do chart time, but I mean like you know uh, you know this like attacking each other on social media or that guy that guy shot a, doesn't shoot as good as me. Like why would you listen to him? Kind of nonsense and like <laughs> or like just this like like we just got to stop this like eating ourselves right and uh-huh. and it's like you know if if someone does poorly like look at someone's demeanor right uh-huh. like I've walked up to to um, other like friends of ours that are pros, right? Uh-huh. And um, two of them, one this two one of them, sorry, one of my one of my friends, one this weekend, one one in one of the events this weekend. I'm not gonna say which one. Okay. Right. And when I walked up to that person and I said hello at a certain point, um, like between you know they were getting ready to go shoot like I almost didn't exist right okay and I didn't take it personal because I knew exactly what was going on I saw the demeanor I saw what the person was doing and I said to myself that person's about to go freaking win this thing right now okay right and so you know I didn't go on social media and be like oh this person's an a-hole because they ignored they me bigly and they, me. Did it. they did it yeah exactly they big me and they didn't no 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 I, I, I had enough respect for these people to go like that person's about to go win something right now Right? Yeah, they're getting and then, sharp. And they're then focusing. The, exactly. And that same person, like two days prior, just spent an hour and a half talking about bow hunting with me and Jim in the casino. Uh-huh. Right? You know, so it's like, you know, the, this eating of our own of like, you know, when we're at events, like just have respect for other people and 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 look at their demeanor and and just they're not not that they're being rude. They're they're there to do a job. You're there. You're there to, to shoot. I would say your best in championship class. Championship, even in flights, like that can be. So, so just because someone's shooting a champion or in flights doesn't mean that maybe someone hasn't been working hard right for six months to do their best there, and they just need to be in their in their game, you know, um, you know. And so I, I I feel like we 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 all we all think about ourselves too much and. D- you know, don't right. don't take a moment to step back and look at the bigger picture. And look at other people and, and, and read other people and, yeah. and see what 
and think for a minute what that other person is going through. Because everyone wants to be the rock star. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, I guess maybe I took it a, a little bit out, outside the lines there, but I, I, you're right. Everyone's thinking about themselves, ultimately. Let's just all, you Can't know, we all just between get along? now and Reading... Let's just all be nice to each other for once, for like a little while. Yeah, you guys can. Be civil. I get way, I get off way too much on being mean to people. <laughs> yeah, well, to us. <laughs> yeah, you but, guys, you know, especially. Hey, so when are you going to start preparing for outdoor? Wait, first, before we even talk about that, what do you think of the new Ultraview Hinge release? Oh, I got to play with it. Um, what do you think? It feels like a stand, kind of. You know, I got like to play with it a little bit, but I mean, until I shoot it, I don't know. I'm not going to make any any right. Any judgments you really can't tell it. with just your finger loop. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. I I I gotta really hand it to those kids for really trying to be innovative, and you know, I like that they they've moved into the machining world. Uh huh. Doing you know, aluminum stuff. Yeah, aluminum and brass, and like their their scopes and stuff. Like they're doing, like it's good. Like they started off doing some 3D printed things uh-huh. and. You know, conceptually, it was solid, and it's cool to see like now the evolution of of, of their ideas and and it like actually paying off. And these these guys actually now making um, you know you know a living or making some money, uh-huh. you know, doing it. You know, and and I guess yeah, I'm all about that. You that's, know, that's and so cool. even if like even if I so I'm, I'm probably gonna get a couple of those releases to play with, uh-huh. and even if it isn't the one that I like or end up shooting with, that doesn't mean that it's maybe not perfect for someone else. Right. You'll put it through its paces. Yeah, so... Uh, aren't those expensive releases? Aren't they like... Yeah, like the, the brass bucks? one's like two ninety nine, and the aluminum one's like one ninety nine. you know? And yeah. so... Damn. It is pricey. Um, but that's about... It seems like all the releases now are pretty pricey. Yeah, that's about the going rate for a good brass release. <laughs> I mean, granted, granted, like, I sell in the shop like a million goat releases uh-huh. right and a lot of people seem to like that release you know that are getting into target archery or getting into you know just archery period because they like the idea of two releases uh-huh. but um it's not the it's not the release for me right right it didn't work for me but you know what it works for a lot of other people so yeah. it's hard to like honestly when guys give reviews about releases it's kind of like why yeah it's like telling me what your favorite yeah. shampoo is I mean it doesn't mean I'm going to use it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so, it's so subjective. And unless something quality-wise is really bad, you know, then, so, then, you know, then that can be maybe identified, you know. You but, know what's interesting? I find that with releases and the exact opposite with stabilizers. Like, I try to show people what a legit stabilizer looks like. And people are like, yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, this wiggly one over here that looks kind of neat, you know. You ever notice that? It seems like it's so much harder to kind of show people the way with something like a stabilizer. Well, I think I think uh, with stabilizers, um, there's a lot. Like, it's really subjective, right? You think it's also subjective, just like the release. It's very subjective to the individual shooter and what the kind of feedback they want from the shot. You know, yeah, like for example, there's some guys that. Like, uh, I'll use Adam for an example. Like, Adam doesn't care if the... Are we talking about Adam Ross? Adam Ross. Owner of Carbon Craft? Yeah, like, I think one time he told me, like, he's like, I don't care if there's vibration, you know, and I'm not saying that his bars do that, because they don't. Uh-huh. 
but he would say, I don't care if, like, you know, right. what happens after the shot. I just don't want to see... I want to see a specific, right. certain picture. After the shot breaks, who cares? I, I want a solid right. uh, pin float. And, and, then, and then there's some guys that want the shot to feel good even afterwards, right? Uh-huh. And so you got to understand that the shot isn't over... When the air when, when 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 the release goes off, uh-huh. it's over. It's over when the arrow hits the target, uh, right? Okay. Because that's like, why do we have a follow through, right? You know, well, before we get into major form discussion, you know, assuming assuming that someone is following or doing something really conventional form wise, you know, mm-hmm. most archers have a follow through. Most archers have a process that they go through, right? Uh-huh. And so, to me, the stabilizer has to feel good. And not just stabilizer, but the bow in general, upon upon the shot, right, has to feel right all the way through the follow through, uh-huh. right. And so that also includes feedback from the stabilizer as well. And so if there's something that is caught giving me discomfort, or something that is making me anticipate something that's not. The execution, oh, right? If you're right. like getting all flinchy because of the the right. the bow, uh, the yeah. way the so what if what if vibration and noise actually triggers you? Like, there's people out there that they don't like that yeah. sound. You're gonna have a rough time with the next election. I think. Yeah. So even way. if the pin does exactly what you want, right? Then then. Uh, but you're all. <laughs> the pin sits in the middle, but you're all flinchy. Yeah, but <laughs> you're, you're anticipating something. That, <laughs> ah, ah. Yeah, like you're, you're anticipating something that uh, you know is about to happen. Like I had a student once, right, that was like shooting really. Like her execution was amazing. She looked really good shooting, uh-huh. but she never told me that her release was like bumping into her pinky, uh-huh. or that, it, and it was like actually. Like wearing away at her skin to the point where it was red and almost getting, like a little sore. On her yeah, head. and so every every time she shot, all she could think about was that the release was gonna hurt her. Oh, right, interesting. And yeah, so yeah. it was caught. Like she went a year, like struggling with it, and then and then finally I was I was looking at her release and I was like, why do you have all that tape on it? Like I just it was one of those things you just missed. Uh huh. Right. And I was like, why do you have all that tape on it? And she's like, well, because it rubs my finger and it really hurts. And I was like, get rid of the release. Try this one. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, well, my dad already bought me this one. And then it was like, no, if it's <laughs> if it's turning your hand pink, like either let's modify this one or like. And so I actually went to the grinder and grinded that thing until she could shoot the shot. And she's like, I don't feel anything. And she's shooting better than and she's ever shot. able to get rid of that apprehension. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Because, you know, and it's like, and it, and it could be with anything on your bow, whether, whether if, if. And that and that's kind of how I feel like with stabilizers to a certain extent. Uh-huh. You know, if if uh, if one if one is really you know noisy and vibrating and makes a lot of noise and bobbles around, uh-huh. then you know, like I'm, uh, I'm not gonna like that. Right. Me neither. Okay? Like, like I bet you, I bet you, like look at Sergey Panier for example, right? The dude's won Vegas twice. Uh huh. Right. And he's a beast, right? Whenever I've tried a biter stabilizer, I wanted to freaking throw it through the window. I've never got to try one. What are they like? Like the are, one, the bendy, one right? that I tried was like super bendy. Super bendy. Yeah. And doesn't he shoot a sizable amount of weight on the end? Yeah. So, but then again, though, that works for him, you know? So like, this he is also so, doesn't shoot so a back subjective. bar. He doesn't shoot a back bar either. He's just, uh, he has a little tiny uh, stack like, of weights. He has a little nubby. 
He's got a st- it's a stack of weights yeah. attached to it, like a doinker A bomb on his back bar. Yeah, it's like like a three inch bar. Like it's like almost nothing, but I don't know. So that's all I'm saying is that like you know, when it comes to recommending stabilizers, like the 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 I, I usually tell the clients when they're first getting into it. I mean, if you buy an Easton, a you know B Stinger doinker, you know Carbon Carboncraft, Carboncraft. You know, spider stabilizer. Uh-huh. Like you have a stabilizer that's like ninety-five percent better than probably anything that's out there right now. Mm, I'm gonna say false. I mean, okay, no, I'm better talking than... about getting started. Meaning, like, yeah, okay. Meaning, like, you're gonna learn how to shoot a bow, and you don't have to worry about a, a yeah. stabilizer that's actually working against you. It'll be better than a forty-dollar Korean stabilizer from Lancaster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or or a stabilizer that was designed to be shot for a recurve and then you just threw it on your boat because you're trying to save some bucks. Right. You know, it's like buy you know, buy buy an Easton stabilizer, gold tip, you know, beastinger, carbon craft, yeah. spider. Or yeah, you know. before you buy anything, go to my Instagram and look at all the tests, the deflection tests I've run. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, dude dude, the, my tests show a lot. Hands down. Whether you run one ounce or thirteen ounces or more, well, I mean, I, I'm sure there's something to it, but it's like for most people, like they're, they're that's getting way ahead of, of their shooting. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's getting way way ahead of 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 the uh, of what a, a new shooter really needs to be even thinking about. Right, but there is, uh, I mean, it's yeah, I guess you're right, but you know, and for an advanced shooter, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you, you throw on a stabilizer. Did, did you shoot better with it? Fantastic. <laughs> did you shoot worse with it? Fantastic. <laughs> did you shoot what's going to work for you, man. That's, I mean, come on. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, it's, you know. Really, your best bet is to try them all. Yeah. And that's going to cost you a gang of, a grip of money. Yeah, shoot what's best for you. So, well, man, I think we're getting close, so. Are we? Yeah, we're almost there. Okay, real quick, real quick. Uh, when are you going to start setting up for outdoor? Uh, probably Monday, Tuesday. So right after we're done with this. Oh, yeah, I can't even wait. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all about it. I got a new a new bow from Archery Only that I'm looking forward to setting up, and I might do some uh, setup videos about it. Nice. Yeah. What do you think? Knock point? Just the basics, knock point, paper tune type stuff. Yeah, like uh, let's just you know get it set up and then <laughs> fill it from there and shoot it. <laughs> Do some some uh, you know just show people how you how you build it. All right, you know. Well, um, let's see. I think we're we're just about there. Uh, I'm planning on. I don't know how you feel about this, Rudy, but I'm going to record our drive home and then our drive back tomorrow and then our drive home. I don't think our listeners really care. No, I think they're going to like it. I think people want to hear the witty banter. Um, if they do, then they're either drinking public water or... <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Everyone, uh, be cool. All right. Peace, Peace out. out, guys. That will conclude this evening's entertainment.